everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. You know, I read this week that 122 million of us will be traveling during this Christmas season. And I'm sure some of you are here, you're like, we just rolled into town. We've traveled to this space and this place and others, you might be leaving, who knows, tomorrow or over the next several days. We, we travel, Christmas is a time of distance, isn't it? We travel by cars, we travel by planes, and if you're Elon Musk or some of the privileged few, you can jump on SpaceX and travel some serious distances. I think a lot of us are really ready to travel because of this COVID craziness, don't you? We've been sequestered and all the masks and the mandates and the mayhem and now we're like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'll go anywhere, I wanna travel. And in my research, I discovered the average trip, 275 miles, man. That's a lot. A friend of mine told me several years ago, he goes, you know, Ed, during the Christmas season, oftentimes we have to leave our loved ones to go see our family. <laughs> Everyone, it seems, though, loves to travel, especially millennials. Millennials love to travel, but they want someone else to pay for it. They enjoy it, though. I know all of us have, have traveled before. All of us have covered a lot of distance or distances, you could say. When I think back in my life, when I was in my 20s, Lisa and I got to know this professional athlete who was sort of a celebrity at the time, and he and his wife invited us to Asia. That was a long trip. In fact, to me, that was like the greatest distance at the time and probably in my life I've ever traveled on one flight. We sat in coach. Now, this guy made squillions of dollars. I was thinking, at least first class. I mean, at the time, I'd never flown in first class, but we were just like sardines, you know? So here we were on this flight, hour after hour after hour after hour, covering the distance. Distance, distance. Maybe. You're here and you're like, you know, Ed, I have a distance issue in another way. There's distance in my marriage. I mean, I'm next to my spouse, I, I look good and smell good, but there's distance. Maybe others here have recently gone through a divorce and you're feeling distance like you've never ever felt before in your life. Maybe some of you are experiencing the ultimate distance like Lisa and I have because we, we lost suddenly and tragically our oldest daughter January the 19th. And this is our first Christmas away from her. Distance. And death, there's nothing like it, is there? Distance. You know, Christmas 
is about distance and distance is about Christmas and rarely do we put the two together, but I just thought about the two because they're compelling due to the fact that distance was in play during that inaugural Christmas 2,000 years ago. And distance is also in play right here. Now I know some of you are like, all right, I'm here for this Christmas service. We are worshiping the fact that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, Emmanuel. That's why I'm here. Man, I'm so fired up. And I know a lot of you are that way, that's great. Others here are like, well, I'm just here to check off the box. You know, this happened to be a convenient place and I was driving by or maybe my family drug or drugged me here. And this experience is sort of like Botox for the soul, you know? You're like, okay. You would be what we call creasters. Christmas and Easter only, people. <laughs> but really, because the weather's so warm, you, you can be one and done today. So it's almost like a combination <laughs> of Christmas and Easter. But again, that first Christmas, there was distance. Have you ever just considered the distance the angels traveled across the cosmos for this gender reveal on an HNL, a holy nother level? Of all people, of all people to hear first about the birth of Jesus, the shepherds? I wanna say, what? The shepherds, they were the last people who should have been the first people to hear about the birth of Jesus. They were rejects. They couldn't even worship in a public setting. They, they couldn't vote in an election. The shepherds, but when the shepherds heard it, they closed the distance and they made it to the manger. Think about Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph, they were in Nazareth, and because of a census, they had to travel 90 miles. Mary was nine months pregnant, rode on the back of a donkey. Difficult terrain for 90 miles. Now ladies, those of you who have had children, what if your husband said, honey, we're gonna take a romantic trip. It's gonna be a long road trip, 90 miles. I'll walk that you'll ride on the back of a donkey. Ladies, if you were nine months pregnant, or even if you weren't, I don't think you would go, yeah, I'm in. That sounds so great. God, though, brought Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, and they tried to check into a motel. The innkeeper was so busy. Oh, man, we're fully committed. That's what people say now. When a hotel's jammed in our politically correct culture, we're fully committed. Okay. So they cruised in the back. There's a, there's, a, there's a manger there. That's where the Christ child was born. I find it fascinating that Mary and Joseph traveled this long distance and 
The innkeeper did not even travel the distance from the motel to the manger, yet you have the angels traveling the distance through the cosmos, announcing the birth of Jesus, this gender reveal thing, and, and the shepherds, they make a beeline, they close the distance to the manger. Distance. Well, to top that off, think about the wise men. You know, on one end of the continuum, you've got the shepherds. They had nothing. And again, they're the first people that heard about Jesus. Then on the other end of the spectrum, or the continuum, you have the wise men. They were heavy hitters, wealthy. They were scientists. They had read prophecies and, and knew about the Christ child. So they traveled 2,000 miles took their Louis Vuitton luggage, threw it on the back of camels, traveled, followed that star, the celestial Siri. Use the right lane and take the Bethlehem exit. Turn left on Manger Way. And, and, and that's what they were doing. But they stopped in Jerusalem in J-Town because they were like, well, I know there's a king here. King Herod, who knows? And, and they didn't really know everything, so they show up. And the Bible tells us, they were like, hey, um, is there a king around here? And the Bible says when Herod heard that, not only was he troubled, read there, freaked out, the entire city of J-Town, they were like, shh, don't use the K word. There's only one king the narcissistic Herod. Herod was a true card-carrying narcissist. What is a narcissist anyway? It's like in our culture today, we applaud narcissism. We teach people how to become narcissists, don't we? A narcissist is someone who is into self-worship. That's what it is. And the word worship is used several times in this in this chapter, specifically Matthew chapter two, the one I'm talking about right now. So, so they were talking to Herod. Hey Herod, where's the king of the Jews? Herod gets angry. Herod's running the show. Is it just me or do you like to run your life as well? I mean, I wanna, I wanna sit on the throne of my life. I wanna control my life and that's what Herod did, because if the truth were known, a lot of us have a hint of Herod in our lives, controlling people, controlling situations, and here's what I've discovered. When I try to control my life, I end up being out of control, yet when I give up control to Jesus, I find myself in control. So for the Herods here, that's what's in the cards for you. You can give up control to Jesus and your life will be like you can't believe it. I'm not saying it's going to be problem free. I'm not saying it's going to be pain free or suffering free, but you'll have a sea change in your life. The geological plates of your life will, will shift and you'll discover your true meaning and purpose of, of why you're here. But, but Herod, man, he was, he was a trip. So Herod goes, hey, um, he's talking to his to his scribes and religious leaders. Hey, smart people, where is this 
king of the Jews is gonna be born. They were like, oh, Micah chapter five, verse two says, the king of the Jews will be born in Bethlehem. Herod goes, hey, wise men, magi, Bethlehem. The name means house of bread. That's where Jesus is gonna be born. Again, I find it stunning that Herod was just a 5K away from Bethlehem and he couldn't close the distance. I find it stunning that the scribes and the religious leaders were just a 5K away from Bethlehem, yet they couldn't make and take the journey. But the wise men did. They made the journey. And the Bible says they worshiped Jesus, and I love this phrase, after they worshiped, they left by a different route. True worship, when it occurs, we always leave by a different route. Distance. So many people dealing with distance. I think if Fauci had been around back in the day, he'd have gone, oh, wise men, you can't show up. You've not had all the boosters. Shepherds, no way, you're not getting into the manger. I'm just joking, guys. <laughs> Come on. Dr. Doom, he always has some positive words for us, doesn't he? You know, going back to the religious leaders, these guys who are so smart, we have more information at our fingertips today than ever before, don't we? I mean, these iPhones or smartphones, like that, it's crazy. Are we any better because we have more knowledge? I mean, knowledge is fine, but knowledge is gained, wisdom is received. A lot of people have knowledge. So some people say, well, man, we're so much better today than thousands of years ago. Let me ask you this simple question. What are you smoking? Better? You've gotta be kidding me. There's genocide today. There's rape, there's racism. There's greed, there's anger. There's lust like never before. No, 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 we're not better. Man left to himself will always walk away from God. And man left to himself, just study history, my friend. Man left to himself will say, you know what? Truth is relative. What is truth? Truth is subjective. What's true to you is true to you. What's true to me is true to me. It sounds so sexy and cool, but it leads to chaos. Look around our world today. I mean, our world's not gonna get any better. I hope you know that. Everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, chaos, 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 chaos. And then we try to investigate. So you have the corrupt investigators investigating the corrupt about how they're so corrupt while the investigators are more corrupt than those they're investigating. And that is, the, that is the cyclical nature of our culture. It's just, in effect, if you look at Christianity, 
from a historical standpoint, the greatest, the greatest humanitarian efforts, no doubt about it, in our world are based, for the most part, from the foundation of Christianity, from those transcendent, objective truths. So this craziness was going on in Jerusalem. It was going on in Bethlehem. It's going on here in the United States of America, distance. God, God loves us unconditionally. Did you know that? The Bible says that from cover to cover. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Unconditional love. We cannot fabricate unconditional love outside of God. If you don't believe me, just get married. <laughs> but once you receive Christ into your life, once you respond to his unconditional love, then you can have unconditional love in your marriage. Then you can have unconditional love as you do your life. So we yearn for that and God loves us so much. What did he do? He closed the distance. What is Christmas? God, John about going the distance, walked down the staircase of heaven with a baby in his arms. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, God with us, not just for us, not just by us. God wants to take residence in your life and mine. God is equally present, but he's not equally resident. Is he a resident in your life? Because the great news that I'm announcing today as I just give you scripture is God in Christ has closed the distance between man and God caused by our sin. I'm a natural born sinner. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 59 verse two, your iniquities have separated you, that's distance, from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. And then Romans chapter six, verse 23, many of you have heard this verse before, but it says, the wages of sin is death. That's ultimate separation. Anytime you see the word death in scripture, think about separation, think about distance. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. A long time ago, I remember dad told me some, some great advice about giving gifts. He goes, Ed, if you want to give a great gift, it needs to reflect your personality and it needs to meet the need of the person you're giving the gift to. Guys, I mean, that's, that's, some, that's some great knowledge, what I just told you. I should have heard like a, like a, like a hand clap. Let me, let me tell you again. Let me tell you again. Guys, this is how to buy the ultimate gift for your lady. It has to reflect your personality and meet her needs. This morning, and see, guys don't clap, we don't clap, that's okay. I know you're with me. All right. Today, Lisa, Lisa calls me at like 9.45, she goes, honey, I'm watching the most hilarious sight I've seen in a long time. I go, what? She said, the mall is packed with all these guys and they look so lost. And you can tell, she said, they feel so much pressure trying to buy the gifts. I understand that, don't you guys? It's pressure. 
For women, it's no pressure. They just do it. They're just natural. They just, they've already planned it. They were planning in August, you know? We are like, yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, I promise you. No doubt, I will. What? It's Christmas Eve? <laughs> well, I'll go, go to the mall. I don't know. Just walk around. The perfect gift is Jesus. Jesus, you're talking about reflecting the personality of God. He is God. You're talking about meeting our deepest needs. What do we need? What did we need? A savior. I need forgiveness. You need forgiveness. That's why Jesus came for this relationship. So he was born in a manger, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and rose again. So basically, everyone here is in one of two camps. You know, I've mentioned the term or the name Emmanuel. It's the name of Jesus. It means God with us. And we're either in the God with us camp or we're in the God at a distance camp. Everyone here is in one of two camps. God's everywhere. He's, as I've told you already, omnipresent. I love to fish. It's a biblical sport, I hope you know that. Most of the disciples were fishermen. And the environment for a fish is water. I'm not going too fast, am I? <laughs> the environment for the universe is God. That's how close God is. And as I said, he's equally present, but not necessarily equally resident, but he wants you to establish a relationship with him. I mean, he's closed the distance. He's dropped the cosmic mic. The work has been done. The price has been paid, which might I add, separates Christianity from all the other world religions. I'll save you untold hours of study. Whenever someone tells you, oh, wow, all the world religions are alike, they're just saying, I'm ignorant because they don't know, they've not studied them. Obviously, there's some similarities, but what separates Christianity from all of the other faiths is what I'm talking about right here. The work has been done. The price has been paid. The distance deal is over. Drop the mic. But we have to take and make the last step. We have a free choice. We have to reach out and grasp his nail-scarred hand. On this trip to Asia, again, remember I'm like a sardine in there with Lisa and I won't mention the guy's name and his wife. All these articles were, you know, about this guy circulating and everything. So I just, after about eight hours in the air, I, I look through the seat and I see a guy behind us reading about my friend. 
he has this magazine open, he's just like looking at the pictures and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy is right in front of you. You don't even know it. All you gotta do, you can just reach out and touch him. That's how close Jesus is. He's right there. I don't care where you are, what you've done, how far away you might feel, how great the distance is, just reach out and receive him. Because when you receive this gift of distance, you'll go the distance forever and ever. And that is a long time. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time of worship. I thank you for Fellowship Church. Thank you for everyone here. I thank you for our prison campuses right now. Those men who are incarcerated during this uh, difficult hour. I thank you for our campuses in different places. I, I thank you for people who are watching this online. And God, I just wanna give everyone an opportunity to move into the God with me camp to give you an opportunity to make Jesus a resident in your life. And, and here's how you do it. It's a decision that I made years ago. Just simply say this after me. Just say, God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner, that I've messed up. I turn from my sins, God, I repent, and I believe that you sent Jesus Christ to be born, to die on the cross, and to rise again. And right now, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. I give you tax, title, and license, everything, Lord. You might be going, well, man, I've got some doubt. That's okay. Doubt and faith run on parallel tracks. God's bigger than any doubt that you have or I have. I understand that. By faith, just receive him. And again, I can't make this decision for you. I mean, I wish I could, I can't. It's between you and God. Others here, maybe you're not ready to make that decision. You know what, God would rather hear a slow yes than a fast no. And this place is a place of grace, a place where you can kick the tires and test the waters. And that's cool. Lord God, we thank you for this celebration. We thank you for this miracle. And we ask all these things in Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.